0: Ciao Cosmic Soul, this is Claire and the Art of Life podcast and this is number four in a series of transmissions around secret pregnancy, around the subject of pregnancy from the perspective of free, wild, natural, organic, (laughs) holistic, intuitive, spontaneous non-intervened with, non-surveilled, private, real pregnancy and birth. Um, I started recording this series and the background noises are me in the bath. I often record in the bath because it's such a conducive place to transmit Um, and yeah, I started making this series because I have such a need to express the, the stuff that's coming through me, the wisdom that's coming down and through. And there's not many places and not many folk. I've got a wonderful handful of very, very close friends, like Cosmic Soul friends and sisters. And I'm connected with a few online communities. And they are all like the perfect support that I have. And at the same time, there's a, a definite tangible. Um, it's kind of like the the negative equivalent of the elephant in the room, like the, the negative elephant in the community where there's, it's so hard to talk about health, real health issues these days because most folk are are fully contracted, fully engaged, fully bought into, fully entwined, interwoven with the the conventional inverted and distorted view on both pregnancy and childbirth, but also parenting, growing up, (laughs) spirituality, um, You name it, everything in life that comes under the subject of life, the art of life. Most folk are quite out of harmony with life and are not living life in an artful or a harmonious way. And as such, these really core, like the really core root subjects to do with life and like where life comes from and how life comes through... um, remain really freaking controversial and the word controversial controversial is so funny because of course someone like myself who's considered in the mainstream a very controversial thinker beer doer liver <laughs> liver <laughs> the irony is that It's them that are controversial. They're the ones who are against life and against health and against women's pleasure in birth, against our conscious expansion in life. And I'm not going against them. I'm going with life. And there's a big difference between being with life and moving towards life and moving symbiotically in life. And what has been normalised as healthy, in inverted commas, normal... The medical industrial complex have so confused people about what their body even is as a conduit for their spirit, as a conduit for vitality and health and the vital force that we are. And more than anything, it's confused. The medical industrial complex has confused grossly, like inverted, completely inverted. Women and womb ones. Concept of self, which of course should not be an ex- a concept. It's not a label in our brain. It's not a form structure in our brain. It's a physical structure outside of ourselves. And it's much more than the physical structure. And this is one of the, the main aspects of following a natural pregnancy rather than um, jumping for the pregnancy test and jumping for the whatever's on offer nowadays in terms of torture and hands with rubber gloves up my vagina and um, unconsented harassment and abuse about... Um, uh, me knowing my own body. Uh, so again, it's quite hard to even use the basic language. I was looking at a post yesterday on a mainstream social media site, namely Instagram. I was following one of the groups. I think it would be the Free Birth Society podcast or Free Birth Society. Instagram profile and there was a post which I don't want to misquote but it was to do with the effect of what the term full term means and how there's only one full term really which is a child coming into the world naturally under its own vitality, its own intuition, its own completely symbiotic, unseparated yet relationship with its mother the body of the child and the body of the mother are one they're not separable even though they are separated uniformly and routinely separated in ways that are violent and cause huge amounts of damage not just to the physical body but to the mental emotional and especially the spiritual body um, the aspects Presented by the death cult, essentially, and I I have very good reason for speaking to the normalisation of intervention in birth as a death cult. The intervention of individuals who participate in these programmes and protocols in hospitals and via trajectories that are implemented at the beginning of our women's pregnancy often. The way the the interventions are actually made using instruments that cause extreme pain to the women including artificial hormones including knives including things that are like wire cutters including all kinds of instruments of taking apart and putting back together really crudely um, including mind control, and mind abuse, and extreme emotional abuse. Forcing the woman to submit, forcing her to get on her back when she needs to be on all fours, or flat with her belly on the ground, or whatever she needs to be doing, standing on her head, but certainly not on her back. Um, there might be a moment during the birth process that a woman wants to lay on her back, but if the woman isn't in full autonomy, then everything that is being told her, like, do this, do that, is taking her out of the holistic, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual body and taking her into a place where she has to accommodate an interference and therefore cannot prioritise birth. Just as fact, she cannot prioritise birth. The thing about when we are prior- prioritising the holistic birth process it unfolds completely differently, just in the same way that if a very uptight and paranoid person takes LSD or goes on a trip with magic mushrooms, they're going to have a lot of already um, deeply rooted tension, fear and pain exacerbated. They're also going to have euphoria and um, go on a really interesting trip and have magical uh, hallucinations. But the the pain will be enhanced and birth has something, some kind of an effect like, not necessarily a psychosylo, uh, psychosylo, uh, psilocybin or whatever DMT effect. It doesn't necessarily have the effect in the way of a separated contrived drug But it absolutely will have another worldly effect, an effect of opening the mind to multidimensionality and to other realms, which usually our mind is conveniently putting parentheses around, putting brackets around and just um, blinkering out, really like like a horse with blinkers on. We're really um, metaphorically blinkered to just ignore anything that doesn't fit into this convenient sterilised world that we live in, with these nice straight roads and, and clear boundaries between objects and people and things. But again, the, something that many, 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 many women are are aware of during birth, even if they've been violently intervened with and have been pulled out of themselves and confused and confounded and made to feel vulnerable and terrified. Um. The The fact of of running themes of deep spiritual transformation, running themes of of women feeling connected with all women who have come before them, and even with all women who are birthing right now, um, that's a very significant fact that we don't often feel during the day, Um, on an average day, feeling connected with all women. here and now and in the past and perhaps even in the future. Um, And yet I would question that that it's normal that we don't. I would question whether that connectedness, that ultimate connectedness where we feel this transcendental and um, beyond trippy (laughs) relationship with the universe at the point of birth I would question that, you know, why don't we feel, even though birth is something exacerbated, but why would we feel so little of that in the everyday when we're participating in conventional life? And feel more of it the more we step into a spiritual and integrated and natural lifestyle and living in gift and living with an art of life, like the the art of our own life, our unique life. the fullness of our our expression and our capacity to express um, and our uniqueness Um, and the thing is um, when we are already in a place of being very connected the birth is is just the truth of that enhanced it's just the truth of the pregnancy is the truth of that enhanced um And yeah, again, coming back to the reason for making a podcast secret um, because this, this freedom, this knowing of our connectedness, this experience of euphoria that should be coming through at birth should actually be present at all times in our life. We should be brought up knowing this, knowing that this is the nature of life is our connectedness. The thing about Seeing ourselves as disconnected is, it's always to do with disconnected with self first. And you know, what I'm discovering in my gestation being now four, four months, um, into four months, into the fourth month, the second trimester. There's such a, a strong call and need, a natural urge that's coming up, not from my neuroses or inferior ego or superior ego, to connect, like I not a, a need to show off, not a need to uh, make myself vulnerable, but just a genuine need to connect and share the power of what's coming through me with others. And yet I'm so aware of what the presumptions are, what the contractions of others are, what the conventional, very rigid beliefs are in, in the very, very aggressive system. And having been through in the recent years, as many as many of us have, who have stepped out of the, from underneath the weight of mandates and commands and um, intrusions and surveillance and um, limitations on our freedom to breathe, to move, to subsist, to run a business, to speak out about what health is, etc. I know the climate that we live in, and although we're living after that wave has broken, after the mandates and the agenda have faltered and failed and in many places fallen, there's still a very strong I know what's behind that. You know, the reason I was able to pull away the veils at the beginning of that almost immediately um, was because I know how the immune system is and I know how the system presents the, mu- the immune system as something which is parts behaving mechanically and behaving in a combative way against nature and nature against us and us being naturally weak and weaker than nature but also I'm aware of like how that agenda which flared up and flourished in that particular lockdown Pandemic is is just the not even the tip of the iceberg. It's just one expression of what has already been being sewn into the very fabric of our being since well, you know, at least the, at least a century ago. A, a lot longer, really. That. The, you know, discussions I've had about immunity, which are so similar to discussions around birth and identity of, of womb ones, women, the, the conventional view is so very, very limited and restricted. And it is that way in order that other people can get in between us and our immune system, in between us and our birth, in between us and our baby, in between us and our mind. And the only reason for anyone ever wanting to do that is is not to, like this, this is the thing it's so hard to explain this in mainstream it's so hard to explain this to someone who hasn't thought about it before but if a, a living being is not living naturally and holistically as a as a unit as a as a whole complete thing that is inseparable like the mind the will the the emotions the The spirit, the energetic body, the vital force, the blood and bones and organs, if all of these things are not an inseparable part, just like our rights are inalienable from us, you cannot alienate or separate an immune system from the rest of the body. And because they have done, and they've drawn pictures of the digestive, digestive system or the sexual organs, and they've labelled certain parts of the body as shameful, and we've agreed that certain parts of our body should never be shown because they're effectively dangerous and even can be used as weapons. Because we're presented in that way, we see ourselves as separate. And because we see ourselves as separate, somebody can tell us what to think or feel or do or interfere with those aspects of self. Like a woman who is completely holistic in her mind, body, spirit, will not be intervened with because there's no space to get a crowbar in between those aspects of herself. There is no force externally, no authority externally, no threat or cajoling or coercion that can separate those aspects of being, whereas one who lives very separately from her body might when she goes into labour, phone the hospital and ask what should I do and the hospital will tell her, you need to come in immediately and she will go drive all that way to the hospital and then in in the hospital will take commands to lie down, open her legs, put her feet in stirrups, be hugely tortured, have her cervix touched when it's doing this sacred work of opening that is opening like a flower. You do not force a flower open when it it's opening naturally. You don't pull the petals apart in a flower. It doesn't open if you pull the petals apart. If you pull the petals apart from a bud, the flower stops the process of growth and dies. And that is like just a very clear metaphor, like when something is opening naturally, as we've seen in speeded up respectful videos of flowers opening in nature, there is this blossoming pulsing out and in and out and in and out and in and out and in in an expansion and expansion and the beauty of the process of the naturalness of that process it's like a sunrise it's like a flower opening the flower opening is like a flower opening but the birth is like a flower opening too there's no point in a flower opening that we should ever have to pull the petals or prod the stamen or cut the flower from the stem or or cut the f- flower across the middle to expose what's inside, the whole point of the natural urge and the natural surge and the energy of birth, if we're all aligned with it, is to move forward and is for the child to come out naturally, easily, effortlessly. And of course, those are words that are you know, in the conventional model that's a really controversial word but I would say it's very controversial to say that a woman should be in pain to say that a woman can't birth the head of a child because it's too big to say those things to women woman is to imprint an image in her mind which is directly attached to her. her mind isn't separate from her womb and if a woman has a child with a, he- a large head in her womb as all babies are have large enough heads she's going to be programmed by that to dysfunction and and this is the thing like why a pregnancy has to be so secret and has to be so private and has to be in its own realm of law it's under natural law because it's not that I can't defend myself against psychosis and evil and an agenda that wants to profit financially from me giving birth but I do know the difference between going down that road and being pulled into a system in which I have to submit completely that I can't half-submit, especially not when I'm under the, <laughs> under the realms of natural law with Gallia Sophia cor- coursing through my veins and my child exiting from the place of comfort into the, the harsh world. That's, there's absolutely no way I'm going to be allow anything in, to intervene in that because of the massive consequences that come from that, just the fact of cleaning and wrapping a baby when it's born is a, a complete violation of natural law, a complete violation of what the baby needs and wants and what the mother needs and wants and what the two of them need and want together. <clears throat> and again, it's I can say this out loud to myself, to my recording device, in the comfort of my bath with my two-metre-thick Medieval walls around me and nobody listening. But I'm so aware that as soon as we start talking, even about a, a simple phrase like what full term means, you know, it brings up things for people, which is great when we can really stand in our power and be the conduit for that, like support people to be for that to come to the surface. But very often there is such aggressive name-calling, labelling, um, throwing of, of people's pain, using it in an inverted way against other women, against the truth, against folk who are speaking about orgasmic birth, that it, it does become, you know, especially if one is pregnant, it does become, it's a, a big load to carry. It's a lot of abuse to take. It's a lot of detritus to have thrown at one, um, and it does take work both to keep out the way of the majority of that, of the worst of that, and also to draw a boundary when people overstep, which really is anything that isn't very positive and supporting that is being thrown at a woman in any context is not helpful. Anything that's been thrown that isn't supportive is actually a violence and is actually an abuse. And we're so normalized to suppress the sacred feminine that that we we don't think that. We just think, oh, well, you're just being oversensitive or I'm just telling the truth when, in fact, they're repeating government propaganda, pharmaceutical propaganda, um, and even repeating the propaganda that was told to our mothers and then told to us about our own birth, repeating it as if it's gospel as if it's true yes but um i my mother's pelvis would have broken if i hadn't had a cesarean section if, if we hadn't had a cesarean section etc etc like they're just infinite ways in which we've been conditioned from childhood and from birth the birth imprints on us and it tells us about life it describes this is what it's like coming from the safety and sacred womb the, the absolute security, the absolute symbiosis and connectedness with the world through Mother. Everything that we need coming to us without effort, everything being eliminated without effort. Our portal coming down through the yoni, coming down through the cervix, letting go of that comfortable home and stepping into the world, the first things that we meet are going to imprint on us in a, in a very significant way. They're not imprinting just physically, they're imprinting into the deep recesses of our brain, of our energetic body, and especially any element of violence, which is even in somebody saying to a mother, when she's got a child the size of a melon in her belly and a a belly that's sticking way out of her and already knows it's going to be a lot of work to get that child to release and get her own body to release, she needs to do a lot of work to relax and, and be present and release any mind interference. But being told by a person in authority that you your baby's head is too big, you can't it won't move out your pelvis. It's both an absurdity and it's a, a massive psychological wound to give to a woman. A massive psychological fucking with the mind and fucking with the energy, fucking with the the sacred passageway, the sacred movement that needs to happen that wants to happen that is ready to happen and again that that can only happen when a woman doesn't know what is right for her when a woman won't instinctively curl into the furthest corner of the room or into the darkest corner and most quiet and private corner of the house and won't lock the door you know if a woman knows intuitively It means that she knows holistically and she knows rightly and those things again can't be separated everything that is a right and a written down human right and a a right everything that we have a right and to do or to not have done to us is based on the fact that we need an external body to stop something happening to us that we can't stop happening ourselves and that's a really complex contract that we have been pulled into in life, in that we think that we need an external authority for everything, every aspect of life, from learning to knowing about our health, to um, our spirituality, to making clothes, to gardening, etc, etc. Every aspect of life, we have someone else doing it for us. Why? so that we don't have to think about it, we don't have to worry about it, in inverted commas, but we also don't get the treasure of it, we don't get the wellness of it, and we don't get what is given freely by nature in all of those areas, like (laughs) education and spirituality in particular, food growing in particular, the magic of sewing our own clothes in particular, like all the areas of life, our ability to heal ourselves, like we can't heal ourselves if we're focused on any external protocol. It's not possible. We need to be able to ultimately, even if we're doing a liver detox, um, uh, vaginal steaming, um, even if we're doing general things for our well-being, they have to come from our body naturally gravitating towards that with our full mind body spirit consent that that doesn't need to explain itself or ask a question or like what do I need to eat just now or what would be a better diet or like the further we go outside of ourselves the more we go into programs and protocols and other people's business and other people's charges and costs the less we're present and listening and and certainly the The birth process begins before conception. The birth process is the body and mind and spirit's alignment that will be exacerbated somewhat by being pregnant. The drawing of boundaries, the ability to recharge the body, the ability to deeply, deeply relax, the ability to sense, not just with the mind, sense not just with the the external physical body sense not just the friction of one thing touching another but sense on all the subtle levels this subtle magic of being able to actually feel what is around us and move accordingly to feel what is inside of us and move accordingly to know what our needs are know what our wants are know what the best route is what the best action is way before we've actually taken it like never to be in in doubt about it because and this is such a beautiful thing about um living in natural law and living in what is right living in our full rights rather than living in um having to come up into the brain and think about what is a right and what is right and hum and haw about it and have a wee tribunal in our minds and then come back down to the body and tell the body what to do. Um, A natural body, a body aligned with gift and harmony and symbiosis and the elements in the season doesn't need the external or the internal contrivance of seeking counsel, um, and it doesn't mean that we become more autonomous, in a way we're even, we're, we release the physical codependence, but the autonomy radiates from being an inseparable part of the whole, an inseparable part of the community, of our family, of the elements and the hierarchy of health. And an inseparable part of somebody who is here and right on Gaia Sophia on planet Earth right now. Um, And again, the system is is geared up to interfere, even when we're going about our peaceful business, or our peaceful activity in life. And we're all geared up in some way to to support that interference, including, um, being deeply deeply indoctrinated into believing that after the age of whatever 25 30 35 you're going to have severe problems and there's loads of danger about you getting pregnant as if the body doesn't know when it's right to be pregnant as if the body doesn't know when it's right to bring a child to full term as if the body will somehow be so so chaotic that it'll just even even when things are aligned on the outside it'll just create some really random distortion of nature that won't work in symbiosis and won't work in in synchrony with the mother as she births um, yeah <laughs> there Um, the whole virtue signaling that we saw during lockdowns and mandates and folk thinking they're doing the right thing to go and get a jib-jab and tell others, put pressure on others, coerce them to wear masks when the the person can't breathe with a mask on and really nobody could breathe with a mask on. The mask is restricting your breathing and Some of us might be so habituated to breathe very shallowly and accept that restriction and actually be quite comfortable with it. But for myself as someone who has always been working with my breath and takes great, great joy and pleasure and health from breathing deeply and fully of fresh air all the time, um, the putting of of something that I know is restricting and causing build-up of toxins and bacteria in my mouth and in my nose and my lungs. That's just not something I can consent to. It's fine if other people want, really want to wear it, but they really should know more about what it's doing to their body and the level of oxygen it's, it's limiting to going to their brain. But, of course, it's such a... Again, it's such a... um moot point to speak about the truth in a context where people have been conditioned their whole lives and have never asked questions about why birth shouldn't be interfered with, why breath shouldn't be interfered with, why a flower opening shouldn't have the petals forced or pried open, prized open. Um, And... The massive change that is going on in the planet right now, around women recognizing what has been done to them and choosing very very different paths. Um, which of course, when you take apart the medicalization of birth, you take apart everything. There is nothing that isn't touched by how we're birthed, um, both negatively and positively. That. A mechanised birth and an interfered with birth will horrendously affect the child's ability to function in life on every level, every single level. Um, And a child that has come into the world naturally will have the benefit of what they're meant to come into the world with, which is a feeling of security, a physical security, a calm and a symbiosis and a harmony that don't create this massive contrast and controversy between inside and outside the mother's body. Um, It creates continuity and flow and ease in a way that when there are bright lights, loud sounds, strangers, no privacy, surveillance, and then on top of that, violence and cutting the cord too quickly and... Wiping the baby down when it's got this fucking essential sacred cloak on it, of the vernix caseosa. When a child is whole, they don't like the multiple violations are absent, and therefore the multiple benefits can be received, welcomed. The riches, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And the holy light of the star and the angel's message and so on can come through, and we don't end up like completely violated and incapacitated and unhappy, and have to basically shut ourselves down as almost as soon as we've arrived here. Um, and I I labour on these points, pun intended, because the fact that. I have to defend myself. I'm, I'm not afraid to defend myself. I'm not afraid to draw a line or a boundary. Or I have the words, I have very fluid words. I've had really good practice throughout my life in and particular, in, particularly in the last few years in calling out propaganda, lies, um, untruths about nature, untruths about what's right and what is our right and the hierarchy of law and what's actually good for us, um, both individually and collectively. Um, And I I don't have any issue. I don't want to have to do it just in the same way that I don't want to have to go into a hospital and be cut open to have my child come out, and therefore I won't be doing it. Um, But similarly, um, I think it's interesting that as women, we're deeply conditioned to be stoic and to... Go through the birth process even when it's profoundly, profoundly painful and profoundly traumatizing. But we, we wear it like a badge of honor, we wear it like a, a medal that we suffered this. And we might even laugh nervously or laugh hysterically whilst we're telling a story about our own births and um, the births of our children. We might even like turn it into a dark comedy. And we do that, of course, to try and release the tension around it and try and negate the fact that it was incredibly damaging to us and to the child. But at the same time, um, just like going out in the world with a pregnant belly and a child you know, past a few months old in our belly. Uh, you know, the, the hospital, the medicalized medical industrial complex hospital birth, it's just an it's a microcosm of the macrocosm of how we collectively agree and consent to be forced away from life and forced away from our own wisdom and vitality and capacity to thrive. And that's as true of of somebody getting in a taxi or a car and driving a long distance to a hospital when she's already in labour, or like my mum, who when she was in labour with me on her own in a house outside the village up a hill. went to the efforts of going down the hill to the ferry port on the ferry and all the way to the hospital in the mainland in a very very uncomfortable ambulance ride rather than go the distance from her head down to her body her head to her womb and the presumption that she needed the interference, yes, was based on other things that she felt she'd needed the interference in the previous birth, even though everything is negatable, really, in the conventional, in the 1970s, when children were being routinely interfered with, induced mother's cut, um, forceps and clamps being used, etc., etc., and the, the just you know just trying to repeat this point though that the the interference comes because the mother doesn't have the clarity within herself just like an animal will go away into a, a quiet corner where it's not going to be watched or interfered with the human body is exactly the same as the mammalian or animal body and nature herself the best place to birth is a safe place. And our idea of safe is so skewed in the average person that the virtue signaling of seeing a pregnant woman's body will trigger random strangers to make a comment around, oh, this or that, you know, oh, your age, oh, you're, you're behaving strangely because you're behaving naturally oh, you need to go to such and such and you need to be scanned and why are you not doing this? So, again, just, just trying to very lightly um, speak to that general, what that is, what that looks like, what the, what the general disconnect is there, you know, the deep, deep disconnect. And also at the same time talk about how, like, when we're completely integral in our beingness, Although I've definitely been through some strong phases in my life, especially when I had to stand face to face with men with pistols in their pockets threatening me to arrest me and charge me money for breathing and for standing in my right and, and saying, like, refusing to be coerced into using a medical instrument, a mask and so on and standing in my right and knowing the law, knowing what the law is knowing the hierarchy of the law the thing about once you um, people tend to not know the law or not know what is right in inverted commas because they're looking at the lower levels of things, they're looking at the details and you really can get lost in the labyrinth of the details of oh but this, oh but that and what about this and what about that um, and the what ifs and Usually what, what we get stuck in those layers, like like talking about birth and pregnancy by the the what ifs and like, oh, but I'll lose my job. Oh, but um, what if something happens and I can't get to the hospital in time and, and so on? Like all of that is based on contraction and fear. And the contraction is very literal. It's not an external thing. We are creating the external with our internal structure of words and structure of thinking. And again, this is something that people are completely indoctrinated to think is not true and that's really difficult for the rest of us who know it is true that it seems like we're just saying talking magical talk and silly stuff and ethereal words but actually we're talking very powerful words and when we're fully present and rooted and grounded the right words come to argue each point as it comes in front of us there is no controversy. We don't need to end up in a tribunal. We don't need to be fined. We don't need to be sacked or arrested or threatened with a gun, depending on what culture you live in. Um, but the the fact of standing in natural law, which in all the journey that I've had, I've usually been standing in natural law. I haven't recognised it as such, and I haven't had a name for it, a term for it, but I know now that I, I've always been under natural law and I've been following natural law which is spontaneous, harmonious movement towards what is right in each and every fraction of a second, like not getting pulled out of power for anything not getting pulled out or distracted for anything um, it means that I don't rush in my life I don't get into contrived arguments, I don't get stuck in the confusion around fiddling around in the lower levels of what's right and wrong I don't get stuck if in my mind if there's ever uh, like oh should I have this or should I have that I'll just take one or the other just naturally where my hand reaches out or if I'm really stuck I might toss a coin and wherever it lands if there really isn't if it isn't clear which one it is then it doesn't matter which one it is it really doesn't matter which one it is Because the intention behind it to do the right thing will come through. The intention, the good intention will come through and will come through that even if it is the, quote, less right thing, it will still become the right thing in the long term because I'll learn, I'll, I'll refine what my, I'll discern better. I'll be able to refine my actions and reactions better to be more in tune. And this all feeds into birth. It all feeds into pregnancy and it all feeds into health and wellness and the beauty of the movement of what's going on just now about women reclaiming our birth is great as long as it's going to keep going and like you know get the right the right action in birth but then get the right action after birth but then have the right action you know treating that moment as really sacred and but it shouldn't be put it on a pedestal you know the rest of life should be sacred too every moment of life is completely sacred the, the birthing time is is key and it's like the key time when a child can come either into the world in a really dark pattern or into the dark in a, in a continuum of perfection and symbiosis that it already has been living under natural law inside the mother's body, hopefully without intervention or disturbed, Um, or over stress or without any anything that's disrupting it disrupting the progression if a child has been in that space thoroughly thoroughly, um, immersed in just doing the good work then, then they're brought into the world doing the good work then the good work needs to continue afterwards as well you know, every area of life is affected by the mechanization of birth, and every area of our health is is affected um profoundly negatively. You know, read Michel Audont, O um, D E N T Michel Audont's work around the I think the Primal Research Institute, I think it's called, or something like that. You'll know if you look up his work. But there are there are long-term studies about all the areas of intervention in birth, and it's been well known for fucking decades, if not for centuries and millennia. It's been well known if people were listening to women and indigenous women and natural women in particular uninterfered with women, they would know that there is no need for interference in birth and the smallest interference, the the use of limiting language against a woman is a massive offense against life, a massive offense against her ability to, to birth naturally. I'm not gonna necessarily get affected by that, but it's kind of like getting stung by a mosquito. I'd rather avoid it, especially if I'm pregnant. I really would rather avoid it because who knows what I might be influenced by. But I certainly the work at the best I'm gonna have a really itchy spot there. And if I keep getting bitten by lots of different mosquitoes, then I'm gonna there's much more chance that I'm gonna have. I mean, I don't want to get into too much into like what infection is and how. We, our immunity means that we're not going to get infected by something external, but in terms of the metaphor for folk using negative, their negative programming that limits their ability to be healthy and move through the world naturally and harmoniously. If I'm going to take that on board, then that's one thing but if I'm going to try and not take it on board that is work it is work it involves having the right clothes on so that I'm not or they're like the right boundaries in my aura and in my vitality that that is not going to get in that the the mosquito's proboscis is not going to reach my skin and and that's important I think it because again it's For me, I'm building up my vitality in these weeks and months, and in this fourth month in particular, building up my vitality of being aware of what the current controversies are, having a long-standing knowledge about what the old controversies are, and what I can respond with. But again, not being in the controversy, like not even going there. And this is this is such an important point about natural law, because natural law, it, you know, people want natural law to be written down. And yeah, but what does it mean? What does it mean to an inalienable right? An inalienable right n- means that I have absolutely no qualms about doing whatever I have to do to defend my body, mind, spirit, well-being, peace, property, etc., etc. Um, but, but before I start thinking about you know, a metaphor for, you know, having a strong boundary or a strong psychic boundary or having the right phrase to come up with to, or the right law, statement of law to come up with so that the person will just step back immediately or, you know, a, a quote like, I will call the police if you don't stop talking to me. But the the, the harmonious right word will come even when the intrusion is unexpected and and harsh and sharp, even when somebody is evidently trying to disrupt a woman's energetic body or her peace in pregnancy or her right to walk about freely and unashamedly, Being in one's power and natural law doesn't mean having a phrase ready, you know, like a badge that I'm wearing, a phrase that says, you know, that, that will just make the person go away. Every single situation is completely unique and spontaneous and, and perfect in a way, because every challenge, just like every so-called bacteria or virus or stress or sfida or um, drama in the world that comes into our life it's all a means for us to grow if we're not growing from it then it's because we, we've got a, a controversial stance towards it, we've got a fixed or a distorted stance towards it and if we're not learning and growing and being grateful for the learning and the growth then there's something that is that we can look at so if we're, if we're If we're really conscious, we'll spot when, you know, a comment from somebody presses a button, gets a hook into us. If we're still thinking about that phrase days later or months later, if we're still talking about it way down the line, then there's something there, just something that can be gently eased apart. Something that can be gently massaged in, um, metabolized, menstruated and yeah, I, I really love this process of of being in gestation where everything can be gestated, like everything in our life can be gestated when we're pregnant. We either welcome it, up, welcome it up through us or we don't. But if we do, then everything unfolds exactly as it should. And we have the opportunity, this wave that we can ride on, these waves that we can ride on, if we are conscious enough and and have a panoramic enough view that we can ride on these waves um you know rather than standing under them in an opposition to them and watching them crash over us and being helpless to do anything about it if we rise up with them and allow them to carry us and, and that's that's the thing about like that's the key of health that's the key of vitality in life it's the key of the the vital force and of the universal law of consciousness that where we put our consciousness, where we put our awareness, it fills us. But if, we, if our awareness is jaggy and distorted and in, inverted, then wherever we put our attention is going to cause pain and it's going to all be about controversy. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot to be thought and said around how how we just let birth do us and how we let life do us. Not in the conventional way that we think of doing as an aggressive act, but in in the way of the effortlessness of us being, simply being exactly where we need to be in this time, in the right time, this is the right time. If we're, if we're really unhappy where we are, then there's something that we're not learning. If there's something like really niggling at us, it's something that we're not putting peaceful awareness on, conscious awareness on. And if there's somewhere that somebody's interfering in our business or causing us through their coercion or threat of, of action, negative action on us, if somebody is in our life, it means that, that we've given them the authority, that they have the authority because we have given it to them. They don't, they don't have the authority by themselves. They only have the authority because we give them the authority. We on, they only have the, the, quote, power over us. And anything only has power over us. Because we have given our power to them, and that's just so so relevant about every aspect of life, but particularly about birth and like if I, as I get bigger, <clears throat> and I very tentatively reveal my bump as I go out and about in the world. I mean, there's a point where it's not going to be so easy to hide it, even under big winter coats and fancy dresses. <laughs> But as I go out in the world, I'm very aware of the kind of shit that people come out with on a regular basis. Never mind about me being pregnant, me being fifty years old, me being a wild woman, a natural, free, indigenous woman. The the entanglement, the potential for entanglement, is always there, even if I don't want it, and if I'm even if I'm tired and vulnerable and feel super, super sensitive. And I've been talking with various friends who've been pregnant and had natural pregnancies. And um, we're just comparing notes about the depth of the sensitivity, which is also happening on on a horizontal level with many, many women who are stepping out of the system right now. Not just women in the realm of free birth or wild birth or natural birth or orgasmic birth, but women in general, moving away, gravitating away from the medical system altogether, away from gynecology, away from the the corporate system, away from unnatural rhythms, and back into what they love and what they, what they want to do and, and what the world needs from them, and finding right relationship with that. We still live in a world where it's very hard for a, a creative woman to earn a living from her creativity because of the nature of how creativity is viewed and how it's been pulled into the hierarchy and so on but there is still this massive force of women knowing that they essentially have a choice of they're either going to carry on in that corporate world in that medical system um, birthing babies under extreme violence or they're or and they will die or they're going to go the other direction and they will live and they will have a very different life experience. And I suppose that's that's all I'm ever really talking to. I'm talking about my own path back to nature, back to being what I was actually meant to come here for, not, not what I have branded myself as or set up a business for or what other people... Think I am via my online presence, but the actual deeper sacred process, and I know that we live in this age where women are bringing that natural sacred process into the everyday. That like they're not just gonna stop at orgasmic birth. (laughs) You know, if we're if we are able to birth orgasmically why are we not living orgasmically if we're able to claim all of all of the right and natural deep self-care nourishment and um, goodness of being of gestating like if we're able to do that then why would we not be able to um you know, why would we stop doing that when we're born? Surely we'd need it even more when the more we're, we have a child in the world. Um, and, you know, why weren't we doing it from when we were young? If we're bringing a child into the world and knowing that the, the right way to bring a child into the world is powerfully aligned and peaceful and this beautiful continuum and easing them into the world rather than initiating them in a really dark and with dark magic and spells that are effectively going to stay with them for their whole life and that are interfering, you know, physical interventions that are interfering with their very ability to, to breathe and to even survive birth. And um, if we are recognizing how sacred that moment is, <clears throat> surely the sacredness of that once we build up the <clears throat> excuse me once we build up the critical mass surely that momentum radiates out into everything because as i've said before the power of a child born naturally is the vitality the vital force the spirit the clarity the the child is born awake the child isn't born separate from their spirit a child who has had a knife near them who, whose mother has been violated or numbed and or cut and drugged whilst they are trying to birth with her and they can't birth with her, so there's something completely taking over the process and they don't know what's happening. They assume they're dying. When, when all of these terrible things happen when we're born... have to be undone they don't just go away by themselves unless we have like a really blissful childhood with absolutely no unnatural intervention from that point but of course the majority of kids are just on the conveyor belt already you know they've got a birth certificate they've got a straw man they've got the presumption of home visits and that people you know nurses coming in our homes or we have to come back to the hospital and have jib jabs and little booklets filled with tests and and that you won't be allowed to go to school and then the school system, God almighty. You know, there, there's a point where all of that, <clears throat> once it's unraveled, once we keep unraveling, like there is nothing that is sacred about our life. And that sacredness is going to expand from the sacred birth, but it also needs to expand from the sacred pregnancy and it also needs to expand from sacred conscious conception and all of that can only happen through a sacred conscious woman's womb <clears throat> from one who is holding an integral beingness as part of a unified field part of a, a wholeness of being and yeah we have a lot of tension to unravel a lot of pain to express, a lot of lies to unveil, and a lot of new information to disseminate and radiate, a lot of merit gained to radiate. Um, We have a lot of embraces, hugs, and lovemaking to be doing um, to correct all of this, a lot of refusal in the face of coercion, a lot of Cleaning out of the detritus of our life that is stopping us from actually being free, a lot of removal of things that that we've been tricked into thinking give us freedom, like passports and birth certificates, and driver's licenses, but are actually enslaving us and making us enslaved financially, materially, and um, psychologically, and so on to forces that that will consistently being survey, consistently be surveilling and controlling and intimidating us and removing our, our freedoms um, freedom is either growing exponentially in our life, having come from a place of compression and coercion and limitation. Like freedom is always either expanding or contracting or it's just plateaued it's just numb and it's staying still but that is not freedom expanding, it's freedom should always be expanding and the freedom isn't something in the conventional controversial sense where um, freedom is is even something that the virtue signaller signaller, signallers virtue signalling thinking has turned into this thing of like selfishness and people who are stepping outside of the flock and endangering the flock and people who haven't been jib-jabbed and and so on and so forth um the, the the truth about freedom when it's embodied when it can't be negated or separated from us or can't be you know we we can't be demanded a certificate from us to prove that we're free um if we if we accept the projection and the the false the lie that we are we are doing something wrong by walking around walking in nature or breathing or subsisting picking fruit or growing our own food if we if we're interrupted in doing that and somebody demands that we prove that this garden is ours or we prove that we have a right to to be in that land, in that country, then, you know, we, we either give our power to the other person and give our freedom to the other person and allow them to arrest us or demand paperwork of us or control us and surveil us and make a record of what we said and did at that moment as if it were a crime or, or we're able to stand fully in our power that is that's inseparable from our spirit and vitality and goodness, our goodness which is simply us fully being and engaging in living reality in each moment with each thing and each person um, there's no no need for me to argue with a train conductor or be stopped in my car by a policeman I've no need for that controversy in my life and therefore I'm avoiding it (laughs) I've no need for putting myself in in vulnerability even though it's, it's probably physically impossible to move through life not and not ever be vulnerable. It's it's physically impossible to not be vulnerable in life. But a natural body will gravitate towards what is vulnerable and gravitate away from being vulnerable in a place where it's going to have a dark consequence. Will be in vulnerability in a place where it's perfectly safe and appropriate and right. And nourishing and good to be vulnerable, and yeah, these are these are just so these these facts radiate up through life, like they radiate up like this fountain and this toroidal field up through life. That if I if I don't question everything that's taking my energy and taking my freedom and taking from me without my will being aligned with it, then then it will be taken from me. But if, I'm, if I question everything and discern and breathe down into my body, the body will naturally gravitate. It, it's not something that, it's not a complex. It's not a complex. The unravelling can be complex, but the unravelling comes from just naturally what we're coming into contact with anyway. Like as my belly grows bigger, I will have to confront people in the street, not confronting in a confrontational way, just I will have to stand in front of them and they will want to say things to me and they will see my belly and the chaos will be unleashed there will be statements about my age there will be statements about my belly there will be statements about what I'm going to do what's going to happen and what's this and what's that and there will be intrusions but because I'm fully in my capacity and because I'm pacing myself I'm waiting for the right rhythm I'm waiting for the moment to reveal you know the I don't need to reveal anything yet. I can get away with a big jacket over it, over my my belly. But at the point, once I'm beyond probably four months or five months or six months, when I am more visibly out there and in that public realm where the public feels that it has the right to demand that everyone operates under its uh, legislation, under its... Orders and belief in what's right and what's wrong. I will be, at that point, in the natural rhythm of of what I've worked through so far, how I've bled during my pregnancy, how I've sweated, how I've cried, how I've salivated, how I've been drawn to certain foods, how I've drunk water, etc etc by the time i am in a place where i do need to confront when i am just like when i am in the place where it's time to rightly release my child there i will be in the right place to do it just in the same way i'll be in the right place with my big belly i'll not be in a city i'll not be walking up and down the high street regularly i'll not be sitting in the bar <laughs> i'll not be I'll not be exposing myself to too many people who I know have got strong opinions about such things. I'll be very carefully pacing myself in terms of when I'm actually going out there and also pacing myself in terms of if there is ever somebody who is triggered by a natural woman in her prime, vibrantly expressing fertility and birth and sensuality, And sentience. If I do end up being on the receiving end of someone's triggered trauma or their need to control women, their misogyny, then I will very carefully remove myself, you know, very diplomatically remove myself from that controversy, and I will be very aware that it's. It's not my controversy, it's theirs. It's not my drama, it's absolutely theirs. And if appropriate, I will will ask for support from people around me or from my partner or his family or for people that I know in the community who will back me up. And, And again, that's something that because I'm in my power, I'm not, you know, I don't need to go and get a court order to make everybody stay a certain distance from me. I don't need to... Um, you know, wear a big badge or a T-shirt with something stamped on it, written on it, to tell people to keep their distance. You know, I have every belief in my own power, every knowing that in my own power, I have navigated si- every kind of situation in my life, and I've navigated it defensively. I've nav- navigated it in peace and harmony, and in my feminine power. I've navigated it in myriad situations in myriad ways and I know that I won't be in a dangerous situation I know that I won't be overwhelmed psychologically emotionally or physically by anybody confronting me for any reason even though I'm very aware of the kind of shit that people come up with including this whole thing about the dangers of older mothers birthing and how cesarean is a much better idea because it's um safer for the women it's not and and so on and so forth it, it, it's really beautiful to me that um as nervous as i was when i first was pregnant that i will have to face this and i'm really nervous about even my partner's family and and my family i don't want them to know because they'll be saying really negative things and They'll be worried on my behalf and projecting their fear onto me, which will have a physiological effect on me, which will stop me from being confident when I'm birthing. But, of course, everything happens in the, in the right order. And, like, a situation like this in which everything is so aligned... There is, like, there's nothing for me to learn by being in fear about it. There's nothing, there's no need for the fear. The fear isn't necessary. And also the unconscious fear won't be there because every unconscious fear that I have is an integral part of the process. It's not separate from me. It's simply rising up and leaving. And because of that, I will be in an even better state before our birth. I'll be in an even better state when I have to expose my body at least the the changed form of my body under clothes um, in in the community. It might be that I spend most of the next um, five and a half months here at home and I ask someone to help me with my shopping. (laughs) It might be that I create a bond with my next-door neighbour and I ask her to to help me with getting some groceries every now and again so that I don't have to be exposed uh, when I get bigger. (laughs) Anyway, um, whatever, whatever it is that comes up is what I'm trying to say. The right solution, not just not just a a fix, but the right solution, which is me becoming stronger, always being more sure of my femininity, of my power, of my vitality, and my rightness. Not to be in in conflict with anyone, but to be in harmony with them. To be Holding space for all of us to move forward into this new era of non-violent birth, non-violent living, non-violent health, non-violent thinking. Um, you know, we we really are all guardians of this time, and we're all working towards a much much better state of life. Um. For everyone, I mean, uh, even though many of us are crashing over the cliff like lemmings, but, you know, fair dues to them, they'll make good compost, maybe. But a lot of us are turning around and and recognising that we were about to hurtle off a cliff and are turning around. And a lot of people, even if they're right stuck in the middle of the herd, are are questioning and maybe slowing down at least you know they're not just going to be hurtling off the cliff they're going to at some point turn before to get there and yeah the rest of us are, are are waiting we're over here we're waiting um it's been a really long wait and um it's been very hard being the first <laughs> the first 5 decades of my life barely talking to the world about this stuff and now suddenly seeing everyone's talking about it and even the the pandemic and the controversy that they tried to pull us all into and the polemicizing families and ideas about health and are you or aren't you jabbed and all of that shit like all of that all of that is just it's just melting because fundamentally people are good fundamentally people are natural And they they know what the right thing is, even if they're thinking, even if they're so indoctrinated that they're thinking that something that really is not right is right. And they're virtue signaling and they're obsessively taking all their jabs and jabbing their babies and jabbing their grannies and jabbing everybody all over the place. They still are natural and they still know underneath something in them will be informing them that they're doing something that isn't right. doesn't matter how deluded they are, how blinkered they are. they An aspect of them will be speaking to them, will be informing them. And eventually somebody will be standing in front of them telling them the same thing that will confirm what they were feeling in themselves. And eventually that will that thread will start to unravel and be pulled out, so it's inevitable. <laughs> anyway, my bath is cooling down, and before it cools, uh, I really want to get out and get dry and keep the warmth and the cosiness for the evening. I'm wait we'll to get a cosy fire on <clears throat> where it's actually hugged my here which is the last day of the year in the conventional calendar. I've already done my last day of the year and my New Year's, both in the celebration of my zygote, my conception date, my 50 years round cycle of that, and also the solstice um, last week or a couple of weeks ago. But the New Year is an important arbitrary date even if it is put in there to confuse people about the natural rhythms of life. But it's still it's an important date for the mainstream, bless them, to give the, the idea of starting afresh. It's, it doesn't matter where we start in the cycle, um, even if we're saying that a new year is a new thing when it, isn't, it doesn't really have any significance in nature or the elements. <laughs> but still, it's still important. It's still, everything has meaning. It's just some things have more meaning than others. And more power as a new cycle, like on the solstices and equinoxes, like on the date of our psychogote and our birth. Everything, every day is sacred and every every day is a portal. and every point in the circle and the cycle is a point to spiral upwards. So yeah, with that, all blessings, all merit gained radiated outwards all love all blessings even though i won't be i won't be um publishing this tonight or anytime soon um but yeah all good things to everyone all the time if you'd like to support my work please do go and have a wee peek at my website i've got a gift page there and i really appreciate gifts i live on very very small amounts of fiat currency currently and i do that because i want to gift my work to the world it's just what I have to do, I don't have another way of doing it. Um, I've tried every which way and laboured and contorted myself to try and turn my beingness into a business, a brand. Uh, and then and it's always felt wrong and it's always burned out and it's always failed. And I'm very happy to say that. I'm very happy to be a non-branded, happy living woman, completely autonomous and sovereign living in gift and as such I give this to you it's not free it's freely given but it's not free in the sense that it has no value the value should be returned and it should either be returned through a gift and or a reciprocal giving of some sort an energetic given it could be a prayer it could be whatever flows easily for you but as we might not know each other it does make sense a financial gift allows the exchange of energy from a distance it allows me to put money in my meter and allows me to buy things that I can't grow or make myself which, you know, there's a few of them it allows me to feed my cats, I've got too many cats and <laughs> I was really trying not to have more but I've got six and I, I really appreciate support for that that's one of the things that I find it's quite difficult to stretch to um, I no longer have a car on the road because I can't afford to keep a car on the road and um, So yeah, gifts, small and large, help me to do things like buy seeds, buy natural toothpaste and organic soap. And until I can make my own, I've actually got the ingredients and I should be making my own soap soon. Um, If you want to keep in touch with me, get in touch with my website, clairegaiasophia.com. You can follow my podcast there and you can also follow me on Patreon, clairegaiasophia.com. I'm on Instagram, Claire Gaia, Sophia. And I'm on the hive. blog as Claire Artista. So yeah, I would love your support. Come and join me on the hive. Real social media, actually social, actual media. Um, connect with me directly on Patreon and where I, I don't share the most, but I do have a personal connection with everybody through there. And, um, you know, they've got my phone number and my email and, and we can have one-on-one discussions via Patreon. Um, And, yeah, Patreon also helps me have a, a regular monthly income, which is really, really helpful. You know, when that time of the month comes where I can uh, download my money into my, my post office bank account in, in Italy, that really, really helps me. That means I've got actual cash in my hand that I can... Stock up on beans and passata and tomato sauce, tomato puree and such like. Um, and a few vegetables which I can't grow myself, like the occasional banana. <laughs> um, love and blessings and gratitude for your support. I really, really appreciate it. Tante bellicose. Love, love, love. All good things. Ciao.